and welcome to another episode of Five Things, an independent web series dedicated to answering the five burning tech questions you have about technologies and workflows in the media creation space. Tech stuff I dig and how it's used. I'm your host, Michael Thomas. Today, we're looking at 4K, what you need to know and how you can use it. Let's get started. The reasons to shoot 4K are pretty decisive. In a world of HD, SD, and horrible handheld cell phone video, 4K allows flexibility with reframing of shots for current HD distribution methods. Most importantly, it allows for changing your story visually in post. Let's take interviews, for example. Often during interviews, we have wide shots and medium shots and close-ups. This usually requires two or more different cameras, additional lighting, manpower, and all the accoutrements that go with the multi-camera setup. Camera one, camera two. Camera one, camera two. Camera one, camera two. Many of these scenarios can be rectified with a single 4K camera, allowing for a simultaneous wide shot as well as a medium shot and sometimes even a close-up. This lowers production cost and time spent on set. Another common tool nowadays is stabilization. Handheld cameras and run-and-gun setups often generate footage that's, well, far from a steady cam shot. Stabilization in post can help alleviate some of this jitter. The increased frame size means the reframing that takes place during stabilization can still generate a smoother HD frame size output. Many other scenarios can benefit from a 4K image size. Imagine all the blown calls in your favorite sports ball game that could have been rectified with a sharper freeze frame. Having more pixels in your image also allows for higher image fidelity, ultimately allowing for greater, more granular control of color and VFX while in post-production. 4K is also a way of preserving the longevity of your project. 4K acquisition alone ensures that your content can be more easily repurposed in the future and have a much longer shelf life than HD or SD content. Plenty of reasons to pass, or at least pause, on going 4K. First is cost. 4K acquisition will require a new camera, as well as all the parts and pieces needed to complete your rig. If you intend to work natively in 4K in post, you'll probably need an upgraded NLE to handle it, including a CPU, GPU, and storage. More about that later. You'll also need a way to view 4K, both on your computer screen as well as on your video screen, and a 4K I.O. device to handle it. A significant technology upgrade. New technology permits us to do very exciting things in interactive, erotic software. Wave of the future, dude. A vast majority of end users can't view 4K. While 80% of American homes have HD-capable televisions, only 60% of these homes consume HD content, let alone 4K. This means that plenty of folks still consume SD content. Most computer monitors aren't even at HD resolution and can't even handle 2K, let alone 4K. Reports show that the average resolution of a computer screen is 1366 by 768. Mobile devices typically have resolutions even less than that. So even if your audience did have 4K-capable monitors, no major broadcasters in the U.S. are actively broadcasting 4K. Their satellite and cable system infrastructure, including your way overpriced set-top box, can't handle transmitting or decoding of 4K signals. Theaters are one of the only places that you can view 4K in, if the theater is even equipped for it. Only about a quarter of U.S. theaters can currently project 4K material. 
The online providers who do support 4K, like Netflix, require a larger pipe to your house for you to view the content. Here in the States, we are gouged on the pittance of bandwidth afforded to us. The current struggle over net neutrality may also penalize viewers in the future who need additional bandwidth to view 4K. Lastly, there's a constant debate over whether the human eye can even perceive 4K in real-world scenarios. We certainly can discern 4K from HD, but what if we're sitting on the couch watching our 4K TV from 8 feet away? Can our eyes really tell the difference? The International Telecommunications Union says that viewers with 4K content can sit twice as close to the TV than HD sets without a perceivable difference in quality. What good is that when we're getting larger screens so we can sit further away? The reality of a drastic visual difference in your living room has not yet been solidified. I'm not going to turn this into a 4K camera review, but suffice it to say, you're going to need to buy or rent a 4K camera. Depending on which camera and what codec you're going to shoot in, you're going to need appropriate storage. This could be anything from newer, faster, and larger memory cards to solid-state hard drives. You're also going to need faster and larger storage to offload your footage onto. And it's got to be portable. After all, you're on set. Unless you're a throwback to the film era and are very conservative with your shooting ratio, you're going to run out of space on your memory cards or solid-state drives very quickly. So you're going to need more of it. Here are some comparisons of frequently used 4K acquisition codecs, along with more routinely used HD and SD codecs. I've also added more edit-friendly codecs to the chart for comparison. This is where you hit pause and scrutinize my math. Many shoots often have DITs on set to offload, then wipe the cards or drives, and then get the media back to the camera operator. Often these DITs are also creating edit-worthy proxies in addition to adding metadata to the clips. I pulled the metadata off her video camera's SD card. All those videos Haskell sent to Tinsdale, all recorded on the same day. If you're moving from tape or thinking of moving to an offline online workflow for your 4K project, you should seriously consider having a DIT on set for your 4K material. You'll also have to get used to blocking your shots a little bit differently. Why? True 4K has a different aspect ratio than HD. True 4K is 1.9 to 1, while HD is 1.78 to 1, slight but different. Also, many cameras that shoot 4K have an increased sensor size from their HD counterparts, which means that what fits within your frame in 4K will be different than what your viewfinder sees in HD. First, you need to determine if you are working natively in 4K through post or doing an offline online workflow. That is, editing at a lower resolution than reconforming to the 4K after the creative edit. If you're looking to work native, expect to invest a bit more. Your CPU may not have the horsepower to decode and work with 4K in real time and give you a pleasurable editing experience. Upgrades can also include a newer GPU as well. Many NLEs have begun offloading much of the brute force needed to play video off to the graphic cards. Also, expect to put a bit more RAM in your system. How fast and how much do you ask? I have an ultimate storage capacity of 800 quadrillion bits. My total linear computational speed has been rated at 60 trillion operations per second. That all depends on the 4K codec you're working with. But rest assured, any computer more than a couple years old doesn't stand a chance. Oh, and as I mentioned earlier, you'll need a larger format computer and video monitor capable of handling 4K. You're playing with fire by working on 4K, but not being able to see 4K. 
You're also going to need disk space and bandwidth. This means bigger disks and more of them. Depending on your 4K codec, you may need uber-fast storage, such as RAIDs connected by SAS, Fiber, or 10GigE. Think of those connection methods if you're shooting in DPX or ProRes 4444. For more highly compressed files, such as XAVC, you may need less speed to and from your system, but an extra faster computer to compensate for the additional compression. There's a trade-off for these smaller files. The computer has to work that much harder to play them back, which means your computer has to be even faster. Here's a codec data rate chart I showed earlier, but this time with the bandwidth available by commonly used connection types. Lots of data here, folks. It's okay. You can hit pause. I'll wait. The one constant is that in any 4K recording scenario, you're going to need more disk space. Period. Next, we need to choose our editor. I edit the damn show. Now, you folks look long and hard at that editing, okay? Currently, Avid Media Composer only has an HD timeline and can only output HD. However, it can handle an HD frame size extraction of a 4K image. Current versions of Adobe Premiere and Final Cut Pro 10 can handle 4K as well. Final Cut 7, not so much. Sony Vegas and Grass Valley Edius can also handle 4K material. The key to any successful 4K workflow is knowing what codec you're shooting in. This dictates virtually every subsequent tech conversation about your project and how to see it through post. Don't freak out. I repeat, don't freak out. HD is fine for a vast majority of applications. Okay, Lemon, step in front of the high-def camera. Let's see what that looks like. No, no high-def. Uh, because of the camera, the uh, gobos are really moraying, right, Pete? Some broadcasters still air material that originated in standard definition. As long as you review where you want your project to end up and ensure those deliverables don't have to be in 4K, you're golden to stay in HD. Most importantly, however, is the simple truth that has been around since the dawn of cinema. Technology does not tell your story. Gear does not make you a better storyteller. Focus on that first and foremost and let technology complement, not lead, your story. This is just the tip of the 4K iceberg. Have more 4K concerns other than these five questions? Ask me in the comments section. Also, please subscribe and share this tech goodness with the rest of your techie friends. I plan to be back in two weeks with another five things. Until the next episode, everyone, learn more, do more. Thanks for watching.